Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Come, Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Well, you may be seated. And let's just believe that God is going to elevate our thinking so our lives can be elevated. But you know what? We have a part in that, don't we? We have to apply the word when we hear it and let our thinking be elevated. And when we walk out of this place, that we lead these transformational lives, that we don't just stay the same, that we go from glory to glory, from power to power, that we just see the power of God take place in our life, but we've got to apply it to our life. So, you know, last week, Pastor Keith was sharing with you about us being the elect of God. And, you know, this weekend, or, or the, all, really all this last week, he's been in Washington. And it's been just pretty awesome that nobody could orchestrate what was going to be happening in Washington at this time a year ago, even when Joel Osteen was coming there to do Night of Hope. So last night they had Night of Hope. And uh, Pastor Joel had told, Pastor Keith said, thank you so much. I can't believe you missed your service just to be with me. But you know the significance of him being in Washington and in that region, in that area that so needs God and uh, needs the power of God in their life. And so, um, so it's so powerful that he got to be there. But not only that, he was sharing during the week and imparting and praying. And he was with Pastor Mike Hayes and uh, uh, Hope Renewal, what is it called? Center for National Renewal. It's awesome what Pastor Mike's doing. We're actually going to go to Washington uh, as a church coming up here real soon. But, uh, but uh, Pastor Keith was there on a mission, and it was just awesome to see that a year ago, like I was saying, how this was scheduled. Nobody knew all the things that were going to be taking place this week. But God always knows, doesn't he? He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what your life looks like. He knows even when you can't see it and you don't know the season that you're in, Sometimes you get past that season and it was so troubling to you and you're like, why was I so troubled by that? Because you're in a different place now and you couldn't see back then that he could see, but that he was working all things together for your good. And so uh, Pastor Keith just right at the end of his message said something about being treasured and that he, that God had treasures for us. And some of you so believe that word that you stayed up till midnight, like he said, that it was going to happen. You're like, I'm staying up till midnight. And you know what? When you claim a word for yourself and you believe it, then you know what? I just believe through your faith, God comes through. But if you don't believe it, guess what? It won't happen because you don't believe it. So for many of you, I saw on social media, you were saying you're going to stay up. And I was like, go girl, go boy. Yeah, I like that. I like that you're extending your faith and your belief. And so I want you to hear what Pastor Keith said. Here's the prophecy. When the clock strikes 12 tonight, October 1st, 
God gave me a picture that according to the word of God, Deuteronomy, God has treasures in heaven that have been waiting to be unleashed. And if you could hear the treasure box beginning to open, starting right as the clock strikes 12 tonight, as October comes into play, God's going to begin to pour out some treasure on you that you didn't even know he had stored up for you. It's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen. Somebody put an amen on that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you know what? If it hadn't happened for you, you keep Believe in it. Keep knowing that God has your best interest in mind. He's got a great plan, and he wants to open his good treasure over your life. Well, I've got a scripture for you that I want to read, because as Pastor Keith was saying that, I'd already prepared a message, because you know what? We had she time, ladies, on Friday night. There was 2,000 ladies that were here. We had such a powerful time. I encouraged you about dreams. Pastor Alex shared with you a powerful message on Job and just going through tough times. And, you know, so... So as I, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to expound on that message because that will just be great. It'll just take us into the weekend. It's like, no, God had to redirect my plans. It's like when he said treasure, I went, I've got to develop that message. And that took a lot of work, you guys. I had to put another, I, you know, two messages in one weekend. I'm, you usually don't see me up here. So this has been a lot of study and a lot of preparing, a lot of digging into God's word. So just know I've studied, I've prepared, and I just believe if you'll apply this word to your life, that your life truly can be transformed. So I've got a scripture for you that I want you to listen you can watch it on the screen if you don't have your Bible, if you have your phone, or if you need notes, our usher's in the aisle to give you those notes. Here we go. Deuteronomy 28, 12 through 13. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you, need the command, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you today, and are careful to observe them. Let me pray for you. Father, Lord, I just thank you for these amazing, amazing people. Thank you for Elevate Life Church. Thank you, Lord, for our McKinney campus. Thank you for all those people that are sitting in that elementary school. Lord, I just pray that you will so bless your people, that they will know how much you love them. You have great treasures for them. There are hidden treasures that are left for them to find. And I pray, Lord, that they will discover some of those treasures today. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? If I'm going to talk about treasure, I'm going to have to define what treasure is. So in your notes, it says something very valued, great wealth, a great quantity of anything collected for future use. I want some treasures. How about you? Do you love treasure? I, I, some of you, I don't think you've ever found treasure. I'm not sure because you weren't too excited about treasure. Just that word treasure is just very positive in my mind. It, it's just, you know, means money. It means sales. 
bargains. I get to shop. I get to find treasures. Who's with me on that? I love treasures. I love stores where there's discount. I love resale shops because there's treasures in there that you don't pay full price. You know, you come into my house and there's tags underneath the bottoms of candles and, and different things that I buy because people will go, they'll look and they'll go, you left the price tag. I go, oh no. Because I love that I found a treasure for a discounted price. It just brings me such joy. Well, I think about, I haven't found big treasures. I've cost my husband a lot of money by finding those treasures. But, I, but you know what? I found one time a $100 bill. I mean, just shocked. I'm walking. I just happened to look down, and there was a $100 bill. Nobody was around. It was mine, right? Finders, keepers. And then, I mean, I've found coins before. I don't just walk away from those coins. I pick up those coins. I'm like, yes, God, you have given me riches. This is just a sign. Even though this isn't much, God, you've got plenty for me. And so, you know what? It doesn't matter if you put it in the, the a fish's mouth. It doesn't matter if you set it here on the ground for me to see. I am going to take these good treasures that you have for me. And so, you know, in my life, I've, you know, I, I've loved hunting. I've loved going into old houses. When we were in college, my sister and I, we would go into this old house that people would be afraid to go into because, you know, it says no trespassing, right? You're not supposed to go into those no trespassing. But you know how fun when they say no, you say yes. <laughs> That's what we did. You know, it's like I was going to be careful that we, you know, we went up the stairs. We went really slow so we didn't fall through, you know. And, uh, but found some really cool treasures of Time magazines that were from the 1940s. I actually still have those. Some of them I put in a frame. And so those were kind of like the biggest treasures that I found. But when I went looking on the Internet for some treasures that people are looking for, it's really interesting because I found this place that I'm going to tell you about that you can go to and bring your family. And it's a $2 million treasure that has not been found. A man in 2010 was dying of cancer. He was 80 years old, and he was very wealthy. He was an antique collector. He has millions and millions of dollars. And he said, you know what, I'm going to take... $2 million of value of coins and jewelry and diamonds and gems. And I'm going to put them in this treasure box. This treasure box weighed like 42 pounds. At 80 years of age, he carried this box up into the Rocky Mountains in Nevada. And uh, let me tell you the exact place because you can look at Santa Fe, not Nevada, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, um, and so he carried this 42-pound box. It was empty. And he brought it up. And he set it in a place, and then he was going to come back to it because he brought his backpack filled with coins and all the gems that I was telling you about. And then he unloaded that backpack into this box, and, uh, and he buried it. And he said, and then he let everybody know. He wrote this poem. He let everybody know that if you can figure out this clue, then you can find this treasure. And, uh, and so people have been on a search they're reading through it, trying to figure out what he's saying. He's a very clever and very intelligent man. Obviously, he's made millions. He's been able to think or process or do something of, with his intellect that he's been able to have all this treasure in his life. And then he's a giver. He was like, you know, he's still alive today. He didn't end up dying of cancer. But his greatest desire was that children would get off their texting devices, is what he said. And that families would go hunting, not hunting, but um, 
uh, camping and turn over logs and look for fossils and be outside and find hidden treasure. But the unfortunate thing is some people have been very passionate about it, thinking that he's put a, this treasure in a very um, a difficult place where it be a high cliff or down in, in under the water. The two people have actually died finding this treasure. And one uh, man was a pastor that had passed away. So he came back with more clues to say, listen, I didn't put it in a, a crazy place that's going to put your life in danger. Remember, I was 80 years old when I buried this treasure. So I had to have the ability to walk to this place. So people are still on this search for this treasure. You might want to go after that treasure. And, uh, and then there's also a place that I found out about, and I thought, well, this will be easier for me to get to because it's in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, you may have heard of it, but it's called Crater Diamond State Park. And uh, they say that every state has a park that has a dig site. There's one park in every state that there's this dig site that you can go and dig in. Maybe not all of them are, are diamond parks. Uh, some of them may be fossils and different things like that. And I think that's what we have. I think there's a fossil park or something, that, a dig site that you can go to and take your kids. So, but in Arkansas, it's this diamond park. And so what they have, it's an open park with finders, keepers, and that you could pocket all of your finds. Well, it wasn't that many years ago that somebody found an eight and a half carat diamond. And do you know that every day, on an average, two people find a diamond when they're there. So there's been thousands of diamonds that have been found. Some of you that want to get engaged or some of you want to give your, your wife a beautiful, you know, dot, you might want to just go take a trip there and get one for free. And, um, but anyway, some great, great stories have come out of that particular diamond park. But, you know, I'm not uh, talking about finding buried treasure because, you know what, it can be fun, but that's not the kind of treasure that I want to talk to you about. I want you to look in your notes, and I want you to look at the big thought because this is what I want to talk to you about. God has treasures he, give, he wants to give to you from heaven because you are his special treasure on this earth. And don't just think because you're in McKinney, Texas, and I can't see you, that God does not have treasures for you because he does. He loves you, and I see you through that camera. <laughs> so Moses, in this scripture that I read to you in Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to give context to what I read, the scripture that I read to you right from the beginning. You see, Moses has given a pep talk to this next generation. He's saying, I want you to be different than your parents. You see, Joshua and Caleb is going to lead them into the promised land. Their parents didn't get to go. He said, I want you to heed the commandments of the Lord. Because your parents didn't heed the commandments of the Lord. I want you to be careful to observe them. I want you not to add anything and don't take anything away. And then this is also what he said in Deuteronomy 6.4. He says, listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. So that leads me to my first point. Look at your notes. It says, treasure the presence of God. So right there in that scripture, when we look at it, it said, listen, O Israel. And you know, we can apply this to our life. I'm going to encourage you. Listen, O Elevate Life Church. 
The Lord is our God alone. Love the Lord your God. So we are going to listen. He's telling us to listen. And he's telling us to love. So you know what this scripture is called? It's called the Shema. In Jewish, in their Jewish uh, uh, tradition, the Jewish people pray this prayer. They still pray this prayer. But God told them, before you go into the promised land, I want you to know this. You need to remember this because there's so many gods and goddesses over there. There's 234 deities. So he knew that they were going to encounter some gods that were going to want to pull them in, just like we do. God of the TV and social media and all the pulls of this world that tries to entice us away from the one true God to the little God. It was no different for them back then. So what he's saying to us today is we need to listen and we need to love the Lord our God. Because if we don't, we're going to be enticed and we're going to be pulled away. And we're not going to truly know the presence of God in our life. So still to this day, they still, the Jewish people pray this prayer. When they wake up in the morning, this is what they pray. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. They pray that prayer before they go to bed at night. So it's a declaration, a declaration and a commitment to God. Because he rescued them from slavery. And they recognize this. He wants them to continue to put that in the forefront of their mind. You see, they're going into Canaan. And they need to be reminded of this. So listen. Because what they're going to do is they're going to listen. And they're going to respond to God by obeying the laws of the covenant. I can't tell you how many times in my own children's life that I've said, listen, listen, listen. Don't we do that? Because we need them to obey. So we want them to listen. Listen is always followed by love. Because love is the motivation for listen. So if you listen, the motivation is because you love them. And when they love you, then they obey. We see this in the natural with our children's life, in our own lives. So th this is what God is saying. And you know, this is something I did not know until I researched all of this, which was so interesting. Moses is telling them in this passage that he's telling them to love and to listen. But what, what he's saying is that just all throughout what, what, what I was, where was this? Oh, yeah, right here. Loving and listening runs through the entire book of Deuteronomy. That's what I researched and I did not know. All throughout the book of, uh, of Deuteronomy, it starts with listen and it's love. So anytime you see listen in the book of De Deuteronomy, it's always followed by love. Isn't that interesting? It's the only book that that's the, that's the case with. So Moses is telling him in this passage, if you love and listen, You'll fulfill the calling of Abraham. What? You'll fulfill the calling. Of, what is the calling of Abraham? I'm, I'm getting a little deep with you here because I've done a little bit of research and I want to just bring some clarity and some context to this scripture. Because if you're going to get the blessing of Abraham in your life, do you know what he said this, the blessing of Abraham? That happened a thousand years ago. And now we're talking about Moses, but Abraham, they're referencing back to Abraham 
well, I needed to go find out what was the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham was good land, many descendants, a great name. Make him a great nation. Make his name great. Bless him. Bless those who bless him and curse those who cursed him. So all they have to do is listen and love, which love is to obey. So if they listen, they get abundance. They get the blessing of God. Don't we see this in our lives? When we listen and we obey, we get the blessing of God. But what he was telling them too, that if you don't listen, if you disobey, there'll be a curse on your life. There'll be plagues. There'll be famine. So they're going into the land of Canaan that's flowing with milk and honey, and everything is massive, and the grapes are big. But don't be deceived and think that you don't still serve me and serve so that the blessing of God can be upon your life. So this is where the presence of God was, right here in this Ark of the Covenant. You see, God was everywhere. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He doesn't have to be contained to this Ark of the Covenant that was in the tabernacle where he dwelled. But you know what? The people needed this. The people needed him. He's everywhere. He created the heavens and the earth. He's everywhere. But for them, he was here. He came to this lowly place. Because they needed to know that his presence was with them everywhere that they went. So when they were negative and when they were critical and when they, were, they struggled and when, you know, when they complained, he was with them. He said, I'm always with you. It's no different for us. Do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he came to that lowly place just for you and I. And this became, this is us right here. We became this tabernacle. No longer was it the Ark of the Covenant that, that God was in. God was now in us because Jesus died on the cross. And when he died on the cross and he came back, he said that he left us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is within us. So we are this temple, this tabernacle that he dwells in. So the Holy Spirit lives in us. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You carry the presence of God. But I think so many times we don't realize, we don't understand how when we carry the presence of God that we can know love, we can feel His love, know His love, we can love people better, people that are unlovely, it's easier for us to love people when we carry the presence of God. So when I'm walking through that line and I'm going through security and I'm checking in and I'm putting my bag through that line and I get approached by the TSA officer and he is rude and tactless or she or whichever one that has been mean to me that I didn't appreciate, that they told me to step back and stand alone, and I mean, I can't even tell you all this stuff. You've experienced it. And then you have the nice ones. You're like, thank you, Jesus. You know, they're just sweet. But you know what I have to realize? I carry the presence of God. 
So I can't just have an attitude. I carry the presence of God wherever I go. So I can access the presence that lives inside of me to say, oh, no, no, no. You just zip it up because you have the presence of God inside of you. So you have the ability to not speak what's really on your mind. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in that world right now that I'm seeing. And you know what? We don't know the life that they are living. We don't know the struggle that they are having. We don't know the people that they've encountered. We're just thinking about how you're making me feel. But you know what? Many times they're in broken, hurting, unloving places. So they just react out of their pain. So what about if we brought the presence of God that we realize we carry this anointing of the presence of God into every room that we walk into, into every situation that we face? So it says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know that. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're facing. He will carry the good work that he's doing in your life to completion, no matter what you're facing. No matter through death, no matter through loss of a child, you can access the presence of God. No matter through cancer, sickness, defeat, financial crisis, it doesn't matter what it is. God's presence is with you and he will carry you through. There's no better story than the story of this one that I want to show you. This is a man that has been with us from the very beginning, the first day we met at Buenos Nuevas um, Church, a Spanish church in Frisco, Texas. When we came together and we started our church, we met in this little Spanish church in downtown Frisco. His daughter and his son-in-law was right beside him, and that's Pastor Leif and Hope. And so, McKinney, you're going to get to hear the story of your campus pastor's family and, uh, and, uh, and Daryl McCauley's story of what he experienced in his own life and how he had a depth and a knowledge of the Word and knowing the power of God, that he carried the presence of God inside of him, that only God could help him deal with what he dealt with in his life. Watch the screens. My brother is five years older than me, but by the time he got to high school, we got very close. We lived in an area that had a lot of drug issues, and it was a hard place for him. He was very creative. He ended up starting his own business, did a lot with custom vehicles. During that time, he had some wrong alignments. He eventually found out that they were hiding drugs on his vehicles, and so he was transporting drugs without knowing it, and once he knew about it, it's the Mexican drug cartel. You know too much and it's difficult to get out. And he shared that with me and he said, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, we've got to take that to the law. Well, he did. And the next thing you know, he just disappeared. He did everything he could to get out. And eventually that's what cost him his life. And I actually started praying for the three guys involved in it. And even though they were serving some time in jail, uh, I prayed for them every day. I thought, you know, it says to pray for your enemies. 
Well, that was our enemy, to be honest about it. Well, I wanted them to have to pay the price of what the law said, but it wasn't my place to judge them. And that was the thing people have a hard time understanding. I never did have bitterness from the beginning. Uh, I think I was founded in the Word enough that I knew I couldn't do that because I couldn't function if I had unforgiveness. And so I made that choice that I was mm -hmm. gonna forgive no matter what, no matter who. Not easy, did I like the sin? No, I hated it. We always think when we become a Christian, everything's gonna be just great. Why do I have problems? And some people get bitter because they have problems. But God never says we won't have trials and tribulations. We will have them. It's guaranteed, but it's how we can handle them. It gives us the strength and the power to go through that. I never let unforgiveness take hold in my life. And I think because of that, we always stayed very healthy as a family and very close. We all experience the loss of a loved one at some point in our life. And I just want to really encourage you when you go through those times to get in the Word and to align yourself with people who know the Word of God. It's through our test that we grow. We never grow when we're on the mountaintop. We grow when we're in the valley. We, we grow when we're going through the fire. Don't be discouraged. Allow, allow other people to pray for you. Get involved in a small group. Get involved in serving and giving of yourself to others. Because when you do that, you will reap what you're sowing and you'll start mm -hmm. having joy. You'll start having plenty. And th that's where God wants us. And you'll see that joy will come. It may be a hard time now, and we understand that. But you know, when you have people standing with you, they can get you through that time. Is that so powerful? Only God. Only God could help somebody have that kind of attitude. Aren't you always amazed by that when you see the strength it is, it is truly greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. So while in this world, we're going to face challenges. We're going to face sicknesses. There's sin in this world. So we're, we're going to go through difficult times. But when you know you carry the presence of God, his power is greater in you to access the presence that naturally, your natural way, you can't do it. But through Jesus, you can do it. You can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And the word of their testimony has been powerful. It's awesome. But you know what? So not only number one in your notes is that we carry the presence of God. But you'll see four points there. When you are a carrier of God's presence, you will understand life and death are in the power of your tongue. Don't be trivial or careless with your words. When we really understand we carry in the presence of God, how convicting is it? When you see your life as carrying this, just think about your life. This is God, uh, this is God is dwelling in, our, in our, uh, our treasure box. This is him inside of us. When we carry this everywhere that we go, we cannot gossip. We're, you got to be more mindful of that, saying, God's presence is with me. I don't want to gossip. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be critical. I don't want to be mean-spirited. I carry the presence of God. If you know Jesus Christ and you've accepted him in your heart, you carry the presence of God. You have the ability to not speak gossip, to not speak negative, to not be critical about others, to love everyone, no matter if they're a believer or an unbeliever. Number two, we need to desire a fresh experience with God every day. 
Because you know why? His mercies are new every morning. So if you're carrying God's presence, he's waiting for you to access that. It's always there. Access his presence. Spend time with him. But we, I understand we are so busy and life is so busy. And kids are so demanding and our jobs are demanding. And, you know, just life of, on social media is struggling and demanding. Get off it. Just get off of that social media sometimes, right? Sometimes we just have to say, I'm laying it down. Because you know what? It consumes so much of our time. By just scrolling, you're scrolling to this, scrolling to that. And you know what? You're saying, I don't have time to spend time with God. But how many of us really, if we got off of social media and didn't spend the time we did on social media, that we would have the time to spend time with God? And he's waiting for us to do that. Number three, be aware of living a life more aware of his presence. Like never before, let this be indelibly printed on your mind of this presence that you carry, that you're so aware that everywhere you go, that you're carrying his presence. When you walk into the grocery store, you're carrying his presence. When you're driving in the car and somebody cuts you off, you're carrying his presence. Just like yesterday, I thought, I turned I did forget to turn my turn signal on. I'm kind of guilty of that sometimes. And when I did, that car did not like it because I was trying to turn into a parking spot and he laid on his horn. Well, I, my little emotions had to deal with that, you guys. I, that hurt my feelings. Like, do you not know? Do you go to Elevate Life Church? You might go to Elevate Life. Listen, be nice. Stop being in a hurry. Let, let, let's be nice to each other. And then I thought about the time that maybe I honked my horn. Not many times, but, you know, I, I, I do get in trouble sometimes with my fast driving. But anyway, I try to be nice when I drive, but sometimes people don't like my driving. So I know I can be irritating at times, but I have to recognize that I carry the presence of God. So even while somebody honked at me, have you ever done that? And you have to deal with it when somebody is mad at you or they flip you off or they, you know, just like you're, they're frustrated with you. You're like, I don't even know this person and I'm letting this person upset me, you know, and I'm having to go, oh, let it go, let it go. Anybody ever had to do that before? Yes, yes. And number four, be contagious because Others will want what you have. When you come into your office, when you go into work, you know, people will go, man, why are you so happy? Well, what's, what's wrong with you? What, what happened to you last night? Did you get some good treasure? Or, you know, did you find treasure? What? I mean, yeah. You know, we've got, we got to carry that knowing that we have treasure inside of us. We have found treasure. We bring the joy of the Lord. Number two, treasure the people of God. You know, if you can't treasure the presence of God, you will find it difficult to treasure the people of God. Because you know what? The people of God are irritating. Listen, your husband is irritating at times. Amen, sisters? Okay, husbands, your wives are irritating at times. Amen? I know, y'all didn't want to say that. Your wife sat next to you. Wasn't very loud. That's okay. You're trying to be nice. Trying to know that, you know, you carry the presence of God, right? So we're, I'm going to be nice. I'm working on myself. Got some hallelujahs. I got some waves out there. <laughs> 
You know, but you, we do. We have, we have to learn that we carry the presence of God, so we have to know how we love people better by carrying the presence of God. But people are irritating. Our families are irritating. Our kids are irritating, and they're demanding, and they have high expectations, and I'm only one person. I'm just human. I'm only one person. I can't just meet all of your needs, and I'm, I, yes, I am a multitasker, but, man, you expect me to be God or something. You know, I'm not God, right? So... But what do we do? Pastor Josh is telling me to let it go, let it out. They've been gone for a long time. I'm still releasing some of those emotions. No. No, now I'm just trying to say, come home. Come be with me. We'll pay for your trip. Just come spend time with us. But you know what? Because our families are a blessing. And that's how we learn to treasure the people of God by treasuring our own family members, by treasuring our spouse, because we know them better than anybody else, and sometimes, because we do, we don't treat them special. I'm so glad that Pastor Keith pushes through any irritation that he has of me and calls me precious. Listen, I'm just telling you, he speaks that in faith. He always says nice things about me, but y'all hear me on the front row. This kind of stuff... Or like when I go in the back room, right? I, I got things. I, I can't be not strong and be married to a man like him. I just keep it all inside quiet. But he gets to hear it, right? Because he is a strong man. And so you're not going to be weak and be married to somebody strong like that. So I know that. I recognize. But it's a quiet strength. And I know my place. And I know when to speak that strength out. And I've learned that. So now he can say precious most of the time. And, um, and speak that over me. But you know what? I'm so glad. Because this it's in our relationships with our closest family members. That's how we learn that how we need to be. And how we need to love. Because if we can't love the people that is as closest to us and forgive them, because forgiveness starts with that. That's how we practice loving the people of God is forgiving because people are going to hurt us. People are going to say things to us that hurt our feelings. My children, they didn't realize that Pastor Keith and I ever had feelings until they were grown and married. They're like, what? y'all?" I mean, Whitney told me that. It's like, I didn't realize that y'all had feelings too. Oh, you know I had feelings. Well, that must have been your sister or something. I'm not sure, but <laughs> she's not here. She's with her daddy, so I'll say it's her. Didn't realize that we had feelings. But you have children like that. They don't recognize that. That you have feelings. You have emotions. You want to feel treasured by them. But they're not thinking about treasuring you. But you have to remember, you're the leader. You're the parent. You teach them and train them how to treasure you so that you can treasure other people. So whatever you don't treasure, do you know that you will lose? You may not lose them physically, but you lose the relationship and the love that you could have. You know, Pastor Keith and I am so glad in this season of our life that, you know what, we don't have the same challenges that we had. You know, when you're, when you're struggling, you're facing, you know, just raising your kids and day in and day out, going to work and all the dynamics that it takes with raising children, that we're in a place that we've you know, celebrated each other, placed value on each other, loved each other. So we're in a great season. And so I love it when people can fight through the challenges of raising their kids and they get to this place and their grandparents and they're so glad they fought through the fight that it takes in a marriage. Marriage is not easy. 
It's not easy living with me. It's not easy living with Pastor Keith because we're human. We've got emotions and we have struggles and we have things that we all face that we have to fight through and understand. You know, when we did the life languages with the Kindles, many of you have done the life languages. Some of you don't know about it. You ought to check that out. It's a communication, the way you communicate with each other. Do you know that Pastor Keith and I, he, they said they have never seen anybody more opposite than Pastor Keith and I. We, whatever his top two life languages are my bottom two, and my bottom two are his top two. So we have got a lot of crosstalk that we have had to work through to make cross ties. And I just tell you, if we can do it, you can do it. Because there's just not a lot of similarities that we have. So a lot of ways that he thinks, I think totally opposite from. But you know what? It's a strength. I'm able to help him to see things the way that other people think besides just the way he thinks. If I thought just the way he thought, I'd be going, yeah, you go, you say that. No, I'm usually saying, no, don't say that. Oh, no. Oh. Sometimes y'all see me on the front row. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, just be with him right now. Give him your wisdom, your knowledge, your understand favor, Lord. Lord, just block the people's ears that they didn't hear what he just said. And just use it for your good, right? Just know I'm always praying. Number three, treasure the purpose of God. As Pastor Keith taught us last week, God has elected us for his purpose, to receive and reveal the glory of God. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special treasure, that you might shine forth his goodness and grace to others because he called you out of the dark world into the light of his kingdom. It's why we serve. It's why we feed the homeless. It's our purpose. What, what, what do we have purpose in life if we just, it's just me. It's just, I'm just by myself. I never serve. I never give. I never reach out to others. I'm not ever helping anybody in the time of need. I don't give my time. I don't give a talent. I don't give any treasure to the house of God or to anybody else, any type of organization. It's all about taking care of my family. No, that's not the way you guys think. You guys are over and above in your giving. So I know I'm talking to the choir. But you know what? We, we are a church that's here that wants to love you. We want you to understand the purpose of God in your life. We want you to find freedom. That's why we offer our freedom ministry, our freedom groups. It's a 12-week study that's so powerful that you can find freedom. It is for everybody. You know, some people say, well, I've never been addicted to drugs or I've never just, you know, had you know, really a problem with alcohol or, you know, I've never, you know, been sexually abused. No, it is for all of us have strongholds in our life and things that have happened to us that we need to be free from. Maybe it's just somebody else's opinion of you. Maybe somebody's thought negative of you. Maybe it's an issue with a, a parent that you've had through the years. Maybe it was a sibling, you know, that you've struggled with. You can find freedom. You can find your purpose here in the church. You know, we have small groups and Bible studies that you can get connected with other people. That's why we have McKinney, because you know what? We care about our community. We want to go to the north, south, east, and west. We want to have a dream center, because what? We don't want to be about just the four walls of this church. We want to be about giving and helping others. So we believe that somehow God's going to give us a dream center. You're going to give us a dream center. Somebody's going to give us a dream center. We're going to believe for that. You say, what's a dream center? 
It's helping people that have great needs, that have loss in their lives. Maybe they lose a job or they, you know, whatever they're facing, they have struggles, they have a difficult time. We're there for them. So, but you know what? Some of you today, you don't feel treasured. You're saying, you know, okay, I'm going to treasure the presence of God and I want to treasure the people of God and I want the purpose of God in my life. But you don't feel treasured. You're in a, a tough place right now. Maybe it's because of just your own personal where, you, where you've struggled in life. Maybe your parents didn't make you feel treasured. Maybe it's your spouse that doesn't make you feel treasured. You don't feel valued. I want to tell you, you can find no value in things. You will never found, find value with your spouse giving you enough affirmation, enough love. It can't be a boyfriend. You can only find your value in Jesus and who he is in your life and getting into God's presence. Just like we saw on that screen with Daryl McCauley, that cannot be found in a bigger car, a bigger house, better clothes. Could he have accessed what you saw, the beauty with him and his daughter? Could he have accessed that? Could he have found strength in anything this world has to offer? Only the things of God will last. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.